Hello and welcome to today's episode of the God Girl podcast. I am your host Ruby and I'm so glad you could join me today. God Girl is a movement designed to empower and equip women and girls to share their faith in their communities. Our dream and passion is for everyone to know Jesus and have access to resources and people who are able to chat. We hope to spread this movement globally. You can help us achieve this dream by using the hashtag, hashtag GodGirl, whenever you post anything about your participation in the movement. Now, on to today's episode. Hello and welcome to episode 4 of the God Girl podcast. Today, we're going to look at how having a daily quiet time can benefit you, your walk, and your relationship with God. That was way too long for a title, so I just trimmed it down to how having a daily quiet time can benefit you. I have implemented a daily quiet time into my life, and it's amazing how much it has benefited me. We're going to look at quite a few aspects, so let's get straight into it. First off, what? What is quiet time? Very basically, quiet time is the time that you set aside to spend with God. It is one-on-one time that you spend with God, your creator. It is a time to grow and deepen your relationship with him. Lots of people do it different ways. Common ways can be studying the Bible and praying, but I'll get into that more in the how. Who? I kind of already covered this in the what, but it is you and God. You can do group Bible studies, and that is actually what God Girl is all about. But quiet time is just you and God. It's crucial in your relationship with God for you to have one-on-one time with Him. Your relationship with God is like your relationship with anyone else. You can't make a deep and meaningful relationship with someone when the only time you spend together is in a group. For me, I feel like I am much more vulnerable and open when it's just me and God. It's very easy to think that God knows it all and so we just need to say, please. But God wants to hear it from us. Quiet time is a time when you can tell him. We should be in constant communion with him, but you should set aside a specific time each day to pray. I'll look into praying a bit later when I dig into what I do in my own quiet time and the aspects that I have found crucial. When. A lot of people stumble on this bit as the general consensus is that quiet time is a morning thing. But that's just not realistic for some people. Night owls can tend to think, I find it so hard to do my quiet time in the morning, but if I do it, it has to be in the morning. Before we go any further, I just want to smash that lie that we tell ourselves. God didn't say, do it in the morning or don't bother. No, he wants us to be in constant communion with him and he wants us to talk to him, to grow in our relationship with him. But you can't do that when you've fallen asleep on your Bible. Embrace how God made you. Whether he made you a night person or a morning person, embrace it. Make a time in your routine to spend with him. Notice how I didn't say, find a time, I said make a time. Your quiet time should be the foundation of your day. It doesn't have to be the same time every day, but that's the best way to form a habit, to be consistent. It doesn't matter when, just do it daily. For me, I find that my time changes depending on how I feel. Some days I'll wake up super energised and do it in the morning. But other days I'll feel groggy and take a while to wake up. So on those days, it's better to do it at night. I used to do it as soon as I got home from school, but the stress of homework and assignments would always take away from my time with God, as I just focus on those stresses, not God. 
but that time might work for you. When you get home from school, work or uni, you might love to wind down with God. Where? Where you do your quiet time can impact your time on a whole new level you weren't even aware of. Obviously, as the name suggests, go somewhere quiet. Somewhere where there are no distractions. I would suggest switching your phone to Do Not Disturb, if you plan on using it like I do, for music and Bible plans. Or just shut it down and place it somewhere far away. Get comfortable. If you spend your quiet time sitting on a hard chair, which you have to keep shifting to stop the numbness, you won't get anything out of your quiet time. Don't get too comfortable in case you're like me and go to sleep, but don't make yourself so uncomfortable that you can't focus. I would also suggest not doing it in bed, especially if your time is either early morning or late night. When I wake up early to do my quiet time, I go downstairs and sit on the couch. I find that this space works for me because it's quiet, comfortable, and the large windows mean that I can see nature all around me. Which brings me on to another point. It doesn't matter whether you do it inside or outside. It's currently winter in Australia. Oh, it's actually the last day of winter. That's so exciting. <laughs> anyway, it's way too cold to go outside in the morning, so I like sitting somewhere that I can see nature, but it's nice and warm. However, you may love the outdoors at all times of year, so you benefit most from doing your quiet time outside, whatever works for you. It's your quiet time and your relationship with God, so you need to do what works for you. This can involve trial and error. Test what works for you. Why? Why should you do quiet time anyway? There are so many reasons and so many Bible verses on this. Quiet time brings us closer to God. This one is a huge one. God desires for relationship with us. He wants us to draw into him. By spending time with God, we deepen our relationship with him. Like I said earlier, have you ever had an amazing, deep and fulfilling relationship with someone you only ever hung out with in a group? Same goes for God. Quality time is crucial for any relationship and God values you and your time. In the Bible, in Matthew 6, verse 33, it says, But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. By setting aside daily time to meet with God, we are seeking him. We are choosing to come to him and to give our burdens over to him. There are so many times in the Bible where we are told that God is generous to those who are generous to him. Generosity does not just come in the form of money, but in time and abilities. God has blessed us with talents, gifts, and abilities, which can all be used to glorify him. When we are generous with all of what God has given us, he is generous to us. So when we are generous with our time, God blesses us. Besides, why should we store up earthly treasures when God is storing up for us eternal treasures? Why not spend our time on things that last, rather than this season's fashion, which will be outdated faster than the moths can get to it. Quiet time can help us to give over our burdens. You are more likely to do something if you are given the time to do it. We lead busy lives, and so sometimes we worry and worry, not remembering to give everything over to God. By setting aside a daily time where we can chat to the Almighty, we are allowing ourselves a time where we can give everything over to him. How? Now onto how to do your quiet time. 
Different things work for different people, so feel free to do your own research. I'm just going to look at the bare bones of every quiet time and how I do my quiet time. I'm also doing a blog post on my own personal quiet time with the resources I use and what works best for me. First off, the bare bones of every quiet time. Prayer. Prayer is crucial to quiet time and to the journey of every believer. No matter where you are in your faith, you need to talk to God. You literally cannot have a relationship with no communication. God wants to hear from you. First, let's look at some Bible verses on prayer. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. This verse from Ephesians 6 is so amazing and relevant for this topic. First, it says how we need to pray through the Spirit. The Holy Spirit is our connection with God. He's God's Spirit gifted to us. Then it says, on all occasions. We should always pray and pray about everything. Then it goes on to say how we need to pray for the Lord's people. Not only for us, but for our brothers and sisters in Christ all over the world. Now on to the next verse, 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 17. Pray continually. A very short but straight to the point verse, saying how we should pray continually. I can't tell you how many times I have tried to be constantly praying, but let me tell you, it is hard. James 5 verse 13 says, Is anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. The answer to your problems is found in prayer. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Paul says in Philippians 4 verse 6 how we should bring everything to God, give everything over to him. That is how our problems can be solved, through God and God only. I have a couple of quotes about prayer from some pretty well-known Christians. C.S. Lewis once said, I pray because I can't help myself. I pray because the need flows out of me all the time, waking and sleeping. It doesn't change God, it changes me. This is so beautiful. We pray because we are changed through it. We encounter God's spirit when we pray and that changes us. Martin Luther said, I have so much to do that I shall spend the first three hours in prayer. When you have lots of things weighing on your mind, the best thing to do is to pray. Give it all to God, and then you can start with a fresh, clear mind. Let's look at how to pray and some different prayers in the Bible. First off, let's read through the Lord's Prayer and then dissect it to have a look at how Jesus prayed. I'm going to look at the one recorded in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 6, verses 9 to 13. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we have also forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Now let's dissect this passage. From what I can see, we can divide this up into five sections. First is verse 9. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Begin with worship. Come with thanksgiving and adoration for him. 
God is so amazing and so deserving of our praise. So begin everything with praise to the Father. The second section is verse 10. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Pray for the greater good, for God's kingdom. We need to pray that God's kingdom will come and come soon. The day of Jesus' second coming is near, and so we need to pray for that day. Third section, verse 11. Give us today our daily bread. This is where you can give all your worries to God. Talk to him about your thoughts and literally everything. Give your day over to God. Let him take control. Fourth section is verse 12. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. We need to forgive those who wrong us. And we also need to acknowledge our wrongdoing and ask God to forgive us for it. What Christ did on the cross did wash away our sins, but we are still sinful and make mistakes every single day. So acknowledge that. Humble yourself before God and he will forgive you. And the last section is verse 13. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Ask God to guide your steps. The Pope has asked for the Lord's Prayer to be rephrased, as God doesn't lead us into temptation, the devil does. But it is still good to give the future over to God so that he can guide you and keep you on the right path. Another example of prayer is found in the Psalms. All the Psalmists praised God and came to him about what was going on in their lives. An example of praise that we see in the Psalms is found in Psalm 84 verse 10 to 12. Better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of the wicked. For the Lord is a sun and shield. The Lord bestows favour and honour. No good thing does he withhold from those whose walk is blameless. Lord Almighty, blessed is the one who trusts you. Another psalm that I love is Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. If you ever don't know where to start with your prayer time, read a psalm aloud. Find a way to pray that works for you. Some people just start talking. Some say it in their head. Some write it down, while others write down their main points and just talk from there. I'll get into what works for me later on, but find a way that works for you. The second crucial thing for every quiet time is always allowing time for listening to God's voice. Prayer is a conversation. Conversations are not one way, not just you saying how you feel and what you want. So incorporate listening time, time to hear God's still small voice and the wisdom that it has to say to you. Another crucial thing for every quiet time is reading God's word. God has blessed us with his word and we should read it. However, don't read it thinking, I have to do this. 
Read God's word from a place of thanksgiving, of adoration and worship. Soon I'll look into how I study the word, but do your own research and your own testing of how to study the word and what works for you to get the most out of it. Awesome. Now onto my quiet time and what I do. I do have a blog post that goes more in depth, so go check that out. I'll link the website in the description. So in my quiet time, I have five main things that I love to do to connect with God. First thing is read a devotional. I prefer paper devotionals than ones online, however, I can't always afford one. There are actually some really good plans available on Uversion, a Bible app. My recommendations would be any plans by Spoken Gospel, especially one called Why Eve Sinned, The Mind Connection by Joyce Meyer, and Mercy Like Morning by Jane Johnson. At the moment, though, I'm reading through a paper devotional book. I think it's called 30 Days Through the Book of James, but I'll get it right in the blog post. This has been really helpful in getting the most I can out of the book of James. The next thing I like to do is read and study scripture. In my devotional book, there are sometimes verses from other parts of the Bible, so I'll look them up and read through the chapter. If not, I'm currently reading through the book of Proverbs, which has been really interesting, but also hard to grasp. Let me give you a brief overview of how I study the word. First, I read through until it makes sense. Then I highlight and underline. I highlight key verses and underline key words. I also have a colour system, but I'll go more in depth in the blog post. Next, I look at the who, what, when, where and why of the passage. This helps me get a better understanding of it, and that way I can apply it better to my life. Next, I journal about it. I'll either do a soap Bible study or ask myself these three questions. What can I learn about God through this passage? How can I apply it to my life? And what can I learn about myself from this passage? Once I've done my scripture reading, I'll move on to prayer. The way that works best for me is to write out my prayers, because otherwise I can't focus. After that, I read one chapter of a Christian non-fiction book. At the moment, I'm reading Love Does by Bob Goff, and I'm really loving it. So far, the best book I've read has to be Crash the Chatterbox by Stephen Furtick. That was such an amazing book and I would highly recommend it. If you've been counting, you'll realise that I'm up to the last one. This one is something new that I've been trying, but is actually so amazing. So since I usually do my quiet times in the mornings, I don't do this part until later in the day. I've been trialling walking as a part of my quiet time. I'm so blessed to have a reserve right behind my house, so I just go walking there sometime in the afternoon. I've found it a really great way to connect with God as I'm out in nature and there's no one else around. That's all for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening. Be sure to check out the blog post and follow us on Instagram and Facebook, both of which will be in the description. Have a blessed week.